What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hooper's Delight Podcast, Episode 3 with EBC, my guy, Coach Key. We got a fun episode today, man, one I've been waiting to talk about, and that's uh, the rise of girls basketball, not just in the state of Idaho, but just overall, college level, professional level, girls getting paid more now, uh, and, and all that type of stuff. So let's jump into this. Um, like I said, been excited for this, waiting for this. For you, I'm just going to jump right into it here. How has the game the girl of girls basketball changed in the state of Idaho, at least over the last five, 10 years, since Destiny Slocum, you can okay. touch on her, how she changed the game even. Okay, so when I moved back in 2013, 2014, graduated 2013, 2014, um, I met Destiny Slocum, uh, Tori Williams, Neek Williams, um, Coach Ebony that's at Bora, shout out to her. Um, they had the, they had two twins from Nampa, um, that were really good, and they had they, their whole team, and, and Coach Sham, he's also a coach at Bora, um, he really developed and helped with a lot of development with the uh, younger girls, and uh, Leon, Coach Leon too, um, Diamond Lane, he helped with a lot of development as far as the girls, so when I first came back, to be honest with you, there was more girls going Division One back then than boys by a lot, and there probably still is now. There still is, yeah, um, still is. The exposure wasn't the same, but the offers and stuff like from Destiny, Tori and those girls, they had like there was they they did their thing. But the way that they I think the difference now is, is that the way that they approached and how their club was because they played hoop dreams, how they approached the game and what they had to do um, to put them in that position is a lot different. Now, there's not as many girls doing what they did. So that team had, I think, I want to say six or seven division ones. And then on top of that, every, I think every girl on that team went on to play college. Um, but those girls from the time, because Tori was in eighth grade, um, Destiny, I, I want to say, was a freshman. Those girls were doing weights in the morning. They had team practice. And then they would do go through school, and then they would have practice after. And then they would go and you know do their extra stuff that they did. They did a lot of, um, we did table rock. But they did stuff with the boys. They competed. It was just a, it was a little different as far as like the development and the growth of it. Now how it is now with having T3 and having Meta and Tria Hope and um, Diamond Lane has a club. There's um, Complete Athlete. Yeah, I think there's another one. Complete Athlete North Select West. Women's. Yep. There's more club teams expanding. Before it was kind of like Hoop Dreams and Slam. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really all that I knew. And we had a flight, a girls flight team. But outside of that, I, there, wasn't, there wasn't too many. And there might be more, but those are the ones that I know of. Um, but as far as now with having how Meta has kind of Meta's girls program has kind of just like taken off. Tria Hope has been there and it's done good and they're still up there too. But um, between those two programs, just the, the amount of players that are getting recognition, getting viewership, getting um, just having a spotlight and having a platform to where they can you know, be seen and stuff like that, it's grown tremendously. The coverage on the women has grown um, all the way up, not even just from high school out here, but college and, um, and the WNBA as well. But there hasn't been... How it is now, there, has, there wasn't that before. You had you know, the one club that was doing it, maybe the others were, I'm not familiar with that, but the level which those girls did when I was coming up, they were the ones that kind of like set the tone and then it kind of like got stagnant for a little bit and then now it's back on that, you know, that ascension. So um, the programs now have just been, as far as, and to be honest with you, no disrespect to the high school programs and there are good ones, but a lot of the development and growth has come through the club programs. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And obviously, I've, I've got close ties to Meta Hoops, and I've watched the development of that and how they 
they've really built kind of their, I don't, I'm not going to call it a dynasty, but kind of, I mean, they're one of the top teams on the West Coast at this point. They've got the top player in Washington, Bryn McGoffey. They brought Sheesh. her over. So they're doing kind of what the select boy side is doing when they're taking advantage of this connecting states and trying to handpick the top players, bring right. them out, and then make this team based out of Idaho relevant. Right. And that, as we can see with the Hawaii boys team, that floods into the high school scene, right? right? That's what we're seeing there. Meta Hoops is doing something similar. Um, Destiny Slocum, so when I got out here, I was first out here in 2011, 2010, 2011. Then I left for a little bit and came back uh, around 2013, 2014 when, when Slocum was doing her thing, McDonald's All-American. Yeah. I believe she was the first McDonald's All-American yep. out here. Destiny Slocum, she yep. ended up going to, what was Maryland, mm -hmm. and ended up going to Oregon State. And she went to Oregon State. She went Maryland. Oregon I'm pretty State. sure she got uh, freshman of the year mm -hmm. at Maryland. And then she went to Oregon State. Who was a top-tier team when she got there, mm -hmm. which she helped. Oh, did she go to Oregon State first? No, I think she went to Ar was it Arkansas? Arkansas. I think Arkansas first. She, she jumped around Oregon and State. went to elite programs. Yeah. I think three or four of them. Um, and then went and, to Oregon State. I think she finished. Yeah, she finished at Oregon State. She finished at Oregon State. Yeah, that's right. So she really was the first. Like, wow! Like, people out here talk. I remember people talking. Can she play on the boys' team? Is she like that? Is she, you know, all that type of stuff? She really kicked it off, like you said, from what I recall. And now, like you, you were saying, girls' basketball in Idaho is probably higher up on the totem pole than boys basketball. And a lot of the guys are not going to like to hear that. They may shut the, flip, flip the podcast off, but that's facts, man. We got, oh, we got double-digit Division I offerees in the and, state and right good, now. And good programs. Good, good programs, facts. But you've got Avery Howe, who my, my opinion is going to be another McDonald's All-American this year, USC commit, Gatorade Player of the Year as, as a junior yeah. um, last year. And then you've got, I mean, I'm going to start name dropping. You've got Paige Kofer at Eagle. Yeah. who almost single-handedly as the eighth seed last year goes and has 26 on quarter lane, the state champs, and almost beats them. She's going to Utah Tech. She's been committed for a while there since I think her sophomore year. Um, that was her dream school. And then you've got other girls, C.J. Lotta from yeah. Minico is going to Utah State, where our boy Case Wynott's going. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, the girl from Shelly. Uh, mm -hmm. was it, It's uh, Cannon. She's mm -hmm. going to BYU. She's over there at Shelly. Mm -hmm. And then, man, I mean, I'm missing a ton. you got Little yeah. Joku, who's got a Fresno State offer. You've mm -hmm. got Shay Shippen, who's got multiple Division I offers as a junior at Skyline. Her sister, Kaisa Shippen, mm -hmm. is a CSI commit. Yep. And then so on and so forth. You've got a ton of uh, Rodriguez, mm -hmm. Seattle. Who else are we missing? You got uh, UNLV. UNLV, Tegan Colvin. Her yep. little sister, Brooks Lee Colvin, yep. is a freshman with an Iowa offer. Iowa. Caitlin yep. Clark's Iowa, who, who potentially is my pick to win the whole thing this year, uh, which yep. is saying something because LSU got everybody back and yep. some. But I got, I mean, she is a freshman with an offer to Iowa, and right. she's out here hooping in Idaho. Right. Like, man, there's so many, so right. many hoopers out here on the girls' side, and I'm looking at the SIC particularly and you've got if you look at the top four or five teams they've all got all got a division one signee cc legaspi cal baptist that, that that's division one mm -hmm. avery howell like i said um and on that boise team katie hahn right. the big girl yeah. she's she's got a d1 offer yeah and then you've got kofer at eagle right. and then you got rodriguez at a mm -hmm. and then you've got the, those bore that young bora group that's mm -hmm. going to have a, a couple be, potentially division one girls there a couple years so girls basketball is is 
when you talk about sports collectively in Idaho, girls basketball, and I've been saying it since this summer, like I'm mo most excited to follow girls basketball because there's so many division one hoopers, I like one through eight, the top eight teams, Rigby has got Cambry Barber. They've got Kylie Danzi, who has a Utah State Eastern offer. They've got Miley Graham, who has a, a Western Wyoming offer and a Cal Merced offer. And then they've got Togi Ai, who's going to get offers, and Kinsley Larson, who's going to get offers. I mean, Rigby's loaded. So back east, up north, down here, like wherever you go, you can find Division One hoopers in the girls' game. It's not like that in the guys' game. It is a little bit. They're sprinkled around. Buchanan right. last year, Mitchell, that was a special group up north. Obviously, Hawaii's the place to go when you, right. when you want to see Division One boys play. And then you've got Why Not at Lapway. But girls' basketball has become, quietly become, one of the elite, if you will, sports in the state of Idaho to follow and, and, and with the athletes. They are repping. Right. They are repping. Well, it's a little different. It's a little different. How you get recruited and, and what, what these teams need as far as at the next level, whether it be junior college and up all the way to Division One. how to get recruited, how to be seen, and what, the, what these coaches are looking for is their development. And their potential sits further in the women's game than I would say the men's because in a women's state from a women's standpoint if you have a 510 guard post player out depending on where you're at 510 is usually you know guard post whatever um, if you have a player like that you're going with her potential to be one she can play multiple positions two from a skill set standpoint if they can shoot it that girl is more likely to get recruited further on because of just the size mm -hmm. advantage because the, the, the height level is way different. Yeah. When you're a 6'3", six, 6'4", six, in the women's game, you're a giant, you know, considered a giant. You're, you're huge. You're a big center. In the men's game, you got seven, six guys. You got seven, two, seven, six, ten, six, eleven. So it's a little it's different, different. It's in different. the athleticism, stuff like that. So how you get recruited is a little different. Um, how women play the game from a skill standpoint, very skillful. And they're very technical and they're very fundamental. And there isn't as much gambling or risk-taking in a sense of breaking the system, breaking the set. Yeah. And so for, and that's no shot at the women at all, but when you sit there and you look at a girl that can, that can get you 18 rebounds like Avery Howell and also hit five, six threes, that puts them way further ahead than, than these other girls that are probably, you know, say that there's, their height is 5'5 five five or 5'4, five and they hit you with six to seven threes. Yes, it's impressive, but it's not as, as impressive as the girl that's gonna get you 18 rebounds. 100%. And can block shots and just have that size advantage, the length difference, and stuff like that. So, um, but the development from the women's side and, and how to really propel them into that, that college area is a lot, I wouldn't say easier, but if you can teach these kids and these young girls how to play a role, they're more likely to get pushed into that next level, especially if they can master that role. Well, and let's touch on that a little bit. Like, and this is just how I feel about it. And we'll talk about this maybe another time more in depth, but a lot of these kids don't have the understanding that when you go to the next level, you're not gonna be who you've been. Yeah. For example, Avery Howe is an absolute monster. She's different up here. She can score at all three levels. She can facilitate above average, which I think is an underrated part of her game. She can defend one through four. I'd, I'd even throw her on a five. She's such a dog. But when she gets to the next level, she's not going to be playing bully ball at right. SC. 
she's going to be playing next to and behind Juju, right. who is maybe the best player in the country as a freshman. Right. And I think she's a great complimentary piece, but she's not going to be doing it at SC what she's doing at, at Boise, right. which touches on your point, which girls that can do multiple things, who have, the, who have the size to do different things, to plug and play and to develop in different areas, that's what makes a lot of these coaches at programs like SC the best of the best. Right. Because they can see a girl, they can, they can kind of see her ceiling, Right. What can she be? Where can we put her? If she can't do this, can she do this? Because you can't be a one-trick pony at the next level. Yeah. You no. just can't. You, you, you're not going it, to. It's just not going to happen. I mean, unless you're an, a girl like an Avery Waddington from Lake City who's going to Montana. And she's not a, a one-trick pony by any means. She gave Avery Howe problems defensively when they played in Lake City, upset Boise at Boise. But she got a strap. She's 6'3 right. with a strap. Right. You got someone like that who's a 6'3 shooter who can shoot over the top of people and, and s spread the defense. If you find a, a 6'3 girl with that type of strap, that's more of the type of one-trick pony right. with like the, 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 difference type, the, the, the different type of size and whatnot. But, but man, it's, it's going to be fun to see how these girls translate to the next level, especially a girl like Avery Howell who is potentially going to be a McDonald's All-American and part of the top recruiting class in the country at SC who currently has the top, maybe the top player. Caitlin Clark is the top player, but next in line, you got to say right. is Juju. And she gets to get implemented into that, and we get to follow that, be a part of that. We got an Idaho girl in there, just like Buchanan at, at Virginia. It's right. different. Right. And so it's changing. The boys' game is changing. The girls' game is changing. But how do you see some of these girls translating at the next level. Uh, girls that you know specifically, like in Avery Howe, and I've got a list here of girls right. that I'm gonna read off real quick because they all deserve a shout out. Right. I'm gonna, we got Avery Howe going to USC from Boise High. You got Avery Waddington from Lake City going to Montana. You got Brinley Cannon from Shelley High School going to BYU, which BYU's big time. Shout out right. to Coach Whiting out there, yep. changing the game out there. And Amari. Yeah, Amari back Whiting. From injury and balling. Yeah, Amari Whiting is her. And then you got Te uh, Tegan Colvin from Coeur d'Alene going mm -hmm. to UNLV. You got Cambry Barber going to BYU, yep. big time athlete out there at Rigby. CJ Lada, Minico, she's going to Utah State. They play a Waihee today. Can't wait for that. Speaking of a Waihee, Sydney Rodriguez, Seattle right. University. Shooter. Paige, yeah, shooter all day. Paige Kofer, Utah Tech, she's from Eagle. Miley Graham, like I said, has a uh, Western Wyoming offer, Cal Merced offer. Those are D3, NAIA. Right. Sophie Zufelt from up there at Lake City. She's got uh, William Jessup offer over there in Sacramento. Really good basketball school. Grace Mertes, Seattle Pacific. Kylie Worker, shooter. Wor she got a shooter. strap. She, she's still one of the most underrated players in the state for me. Yep. She, she can fill it up. Kylie Danzi, she has Division Three offers, NAIA offers. Quinley Kessler from back east. Kaisa Shippen, who's a CSI commit, her sister Shea Shippen, maybe the best pure point guard in the state as a junior, Skyline. There's a potential for a transfer there. Uh, tune in for that. And then you've got sophomore at Cole Valley. You've got uh, Trinity Holsinger, who's got an NNU offer already. Mm -hmm. And then I said Little Ajoku, Jada Ajoku, Fresno mm -hmm. State. Yep. Emmy Swilly, U yep. University of Portland yep. and Eastern Washington. And then yep. you've got girls who have been doing it the last couple of years. Jaleesa Lawrence is at Eastern Washington. Mm -hmm. um, you've got, who else we got? Jaden McNeil. Jaden McNeil went to Eastern Washington. Now CSI. she's at CSI. Yep. I mean, we could go all the Trinity Slocum, who went to right. Hawaii. Yep. Naya Ajokwu, who went to Utah, who's a top 10 program, now at Gonzaga. Right. Yep. Like, we could keep going and right. going and going on that. 
it's not like that with any other sport for me. And I, I've been following these sports. Guys, basketball, we know where guys are going. A bunch of your, like Hayden Fletcher's down right. in the OC. Guys, yep. Yeah, a bunch of junior college guys, which is uh, Austin Ramos is doing his thing right. over at Walla Walla, Noah White, yep. Josh Gillespie's up there in Canada hooping. Like basketball is definitely changing here since I first got here. I mean, you've been yep. here. You know, you know better than anybody. That's why we're here doing this. But I just want to recognize that the girls are doing their part yeah, yeah. In, in elevating the game and pushing the game, if, if not more so, at least, at least with, you know, with the big name signings yeah. and what they're doing. And all of a sudden you're hearing USC talk and, and you know, Montana and all these different places. These girls, the BYU commit, multiple BYU commits is crazy. Right. So... I mean, these girls d deserve love. They, I mean, the coverage, like you said, has gotten better. Um, you know, shout out to all the media guys out there that give the girls the time of day because right. they deserve it, you know, right. and, and whatnot. So transitioning to the college game and what's happening there, we were talking before we started with the NIL stuff and yep. how some of these girls are making, you know, seven figures right. because of what they're doing at the next level. And, you know, you've got anywhere from 200,000 to 1.5 million. Right. These girls are making in, in NIL money because of what they're doing at the college level and the NIL, uh, the NIL has been implemented and it's just transitioning into the WNBA, which is, I think, growing rapidly. Yeah. You've got Sabrina Ionescu who got her own kicks. Check that out, the Sabrinas, let's go. I mean, I, I mean, there's just, I never thought I'd see the day where you got guys all over the place wearing the Brianna Stewart shoes, the Sabrinas. Right. Like, right. oh, I'm, I'm getting the Sabrinas. I, Jace Allen and Jordan Allen, my guys from Hawaii, they're both like, we just got some six Sabrinas. Or, they're coming in. I'm going to support those. Love to see it, man. Right. What's your feel on that? Just, just how the girls' game, I don't want to say it's caught up to the guys' game. I just think that's a completely different thing. It's, right. Like you said, it's, compl it's all just different. But it's exciting, I think. Yeah. I got two daughters, so I'm excited. Well, it's drawing attention. And it's, and it's deserved. And the hard part is, is that before, and it's not just now, but before to get the viewership, it was the hard part. And a lot of people don't understand. They think, well, the girls need to get paid the same as the guys. It needs to be the same when, but it comes down to views and, and overall interest and, mm -hmm. and marketing. A lot of times from the, you know, the women's side, the marketing didn't come until the, the final four. Mm -hmm. And so that's why every, a, lot of, a lot of people know about UConn. They know about Tennessee. They know about Notre Dame. Like, that was when it was marketed. But during the regular season, you didn't get those big matchups. Nobody was tuning in. And, and maybe I'm wrong, but nobody that I know was really tuning in to the UNC-Duke girls game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody was really tuning into those type of games. You would go catch a UConn game every now and again. If you're a basketball junkie like me, you would tap into Tennessee. You would tap into Notre Dame. You would tap into South Carolina. You would go and look at these things. But... If you're not, you're not, it's not getting thrown in your face, but every, you know, in the man's game, you got, you got the tournaments at the beginning of the season from the uh, Maui Invitational mm -hmm. to Atlantis to all these other things. You have the SEC Challenge where they're promoting it and they're showing it. So now you can see that. So um, now with the women's and especially like the first game for Caitlin Clark this year that they did at the football stadium, they had like 55,000 people in. It's like that made the headlines because of how many people attended the game because she's a big catch and she's a big draw and people want to see her, but they're also promoting her now. And mm -hmm. not just her, that's putting, you know, the University of Iowa, you know, at the, at the forefront. So now with Juju uh, at USC and, you know, there's more girls that are like right now, the, um, there's a girl at Utah, uh, the big girl that gave, she gave South Carolina 37. And there's nothing they can do with her, but they're, say, they're showing it and they're, it's, you know, it's, it's hitting pages, it's hitting headlines. Um, 
And some of these other schools that typically were having, you know, majority of the headlines like UConn, it's kind of like where they're not gone away, but like they're not number one anymore. Mm -hmm. And before, like when I was growing up, UConn was winning everything. And it's like you only tapped into typically UConn or a Tennessee game, mm -hmm. and that's who you watch. Notre Dame had that little feel for a little bit, yeah. that little stretch. But, Agumba um, Wale. I'm out Agumba Wale. Mm -hmm. she was. You, had, you had Stanford too, like the hat that is now, you know, so there's a couple programs that really, yeah. you know, but they market. But outside of that, these smaller, smaller schools like the Big Sky schools and, and Mount West schools, the marketing isn't the same, and, and it deserves to be. that, And that's the step where you get the growth. That's where you get these girls getting even more than the 1.5 mil. They'll, you know, they'll get up to five and 10 mil, but it's viewership. You have to draw eyes. You have to be a catch. You have to have people interested in the clicking on the page or going and watching a stream and things of that nature. So um, I think that the girls are getting better and there's more girls dunking the ball now than ever. Mm -hmm. um, yep. There's girls that are more skilled now than ever. There's like the freshman class this year is insane um, with Juju, the uh, point guard at South Carolina that they got that was doing all the behind the back, you know, yeah. Jason Williams type She's looking plays. Tough. Like, you know, so there's, and there's more. And um, even the freshman that's at LSU that had a 40 ball already, she had 42. Um, so there's more, like yeah. that talent level is just getting higher and higher, but it's also, they're starting to market the girls in high school more and better. Yeah. Um, not just from a club standpoint, but also from the high school, like the prep schools and then, the, you know, nationally ranked schools they're getting more eyes. And I think that's the biggest step for the college to, college needs to even get bigger and then they need to do the same thing for the WNBA because college right now, college women's basketball is bigger than WNBA. Yeah. And the WNBA needs to get more marketing. They need to advertise everything that they got going on. They just tried to do the two super teams between the Aces and the, uh, the Liberty. And you know, a lot of people tune into that. There's been more view, viewership for the WNBA now than ever. Some NBA players are now tapping into it and showing mm -hmm. up for games and wearing some of the players' jerseys and stuff like that. They're getting shoes. Those are the next steps they need to do. And, um, and, the, and the young ladies need to have a personality, too, to be, on the, you know, be in that stage and shout out their shoes, be on a Gatorade commercial and have those opportunities. So I think that will then excel them even further the more that we can get not just one not just two maybe not even the top five but even some of these you know smaller school star players to get up there and get some viewership too yeah. then i think that'll change the overall outcome of the nil and how much further they can take it so there's a lot of room for growth yeah still but it's still good still. but it's, it's yeah they, for you know, sure they want to get to where the boys is at that's one thing that they could they could do to try to get up there yeah i i completely agree with that i think i think there's a lot of room for growth which is exciting Right. I think where, it, where it's come in the last 10 years since we were touching on Destiny Slocum from then to now is exciting. Right. For the state, for college, for college basketball, I think is, is made the biggest jump. Like you said, people like right. Caitlin Clark, right. Angel Reese, uh, even, even the, the aspect of uh, the trash talk. You see yeah. the trash talk. You see them girls chirping mm -hmm. and, and going at it. And, and you, know, you, you hear things on ESPN from all these, uh, these, these talking heads that think they know, oh, that's not ladylike, that's not, listen, like, we seeing more and more dogs. We seeing right. more and more girls coming out, showing their personality, like you right. said, I think needs to happen. Right. Like it's, that's important to me. Um, girls are much tougher than I think they, they, they're given credit for, at yeah. the elite, at least. And they're feistier. Yeah, like Caitlin Clark, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, if, if I get in a fight, I want 
I want Caitlin Clark on my side because right. I know what's in here. Right. Right. Like it, she, she kind of got that Austin Bolt feel where right. it's like not taking no for an answer. Right. Like she's her. She knows she's her. And she's going to go get it. Right. And, and there's a lot. And I like that she is kind of the example for the young girls. I, Sabrina Ionescu as well. Yep. Asia Wilson has her mm-hmm. own her own vibe. And I, she's tough as Kelsey it gets. Plum too. Kelsey Plum. Like, so ha- being a, a dad of two daughters, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, who's kind of the face of the game right now. And it is extremely impressive that uh, multiple college girls, uh, you would say, if, if you're talking the Mount Rushmore in a sense of right now, who are the faces of girls, women's basketball? Right. You've got Sabrina, you've yep. got Asia Wilson, you've got maybe a Brianna Stewart, you've got a Caitlin Clark, an Angel Reese. And Paige the, Beckers. Yeah, Paige Beckers. You've got girls who are still in college that you would consider um, who all these young girls are looking at, which right. is which you don't see that at the college level necessarily for guys. Mm-hmm. For guys, you don't. It's all, right. I mean, we got Steph, Giannis, right. Luca, Joker. Like, like that's, that's, but for the girls game, the, like, and that kind of proves your point, is that the college game may be even more so in the limelight than the pro game. Right. And there needs to be things done, um, which I think is great. I think the college game ultimately is going to push the program, uh, pro game and make it better, which right. is, makes perfect sense. It's, it's what it should be doing. And, and we get to sit back and watch it. But it's been, really, it's been really crazy to see the benefits of NIL in the women's game. Right. Because that's, I think, has part to do with, you tell me how you feel about that, but I think the NIL aspect of it, a lot of people hate it. I hate it for college football for certain reasons and this and that because of the transfer port and all this stuff going on. But for women's basketball specifically, it is elevating the game. Right. What are staying? For different reasons. What are, well, they have to stay, I think, what is it, three years they have to stay? Yeah. But now it's, it's a lot easier for them to stay, and majority of them should stay because you're going to make more money. Yeah playing college than you would going into the WNBA. But I think what happens is, is that the difference between like the, the college transition to the WNBA and the college transition to the NBA is in the women's game, typically the top players on each team are the first round draft picks in the WNBA, where in the NBA, there's people all over the place. You have people from, you know, overseas, you have the guys that are at the smaller schools that are, have, you know, have passed the eye test that he scouts. And there's, it's not always like the national player of the year, typically for college and man's, isn't a good pro or doesn't even get picked. Facts. Where in, the, in college for women, the national player of the year is typically being a first pick or in the top five. Yeah. And so. No question. But the development's different. They come, these, are, these young women are grown women by the time that they get to the WNBA. And when you factor them going through four years of coaches that stay with them that are hard on them. Now, obviously, there's transfers and whatnot. But. Typically, they're staying for those four years with the same coach that is teaching them the concepts that they need to then propel them to be a pro. The games are different, though. Mm-hmm. When you go, it's very difficult because you can have a girl, like I know a girl, one of my good friends, Jade, she got drafted to the Seattle Storm. And they have their training camp, and then she gets away because they can only have so many people on the roster. They don't have enough money. And so, but I'm looking at these girls now are going overseas. She's playing against the same girls that are in the WNBA overseas. And, but the difference is, is that, you know, these, the WNBA, NBA can keep them, pay them less. She's making just as much money as these girls overseas and she's competing and cooking these girls. So it's a little bit different how their route to the pros, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's more, 
it's not as attractive to go to the WNBA. It's just not. Yeah. You know, a lot of those girls are playing year round because they have to, uh, because the WNBA doesn't do enough. And yeah. the seasons, it's in the summer. It's so it's not even that long. And mm. you know, there's obviously some other reasons for them. You know, with, you know, they can miss a year based upon if they have a husband or not, or get pregnant or whatever. But um, the growth that that the NIL has ha- it has helped a ton. I I think it gives it gives people to stay a reason to stay and to also get better. Because if you become one of those names, you can make money. Yeah. And you can make a lot. And that might be your, that might be your, if that's your motivation to get a little, you know, kick to to work a little harder, I don't think that's a bad thing. That's what Angel Reese came out and said. They're like, oh, hey, are are you going to go to the draft? Why? Right. Why? I'm at LSU. I'm with all my friends. I'm making much more here than I would make there. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC, right. they came out and asked him, are you going to the draft next year? You were the Heisman last year, your, your top pick, top five pick at least. Are you ready to go to the league? And he's like, if I get drafted by one of these five teams, yes, because I'm going to make more money here anyway. Right. He goes, if I don't get drafted by one of these five teams, I don't want to come out. Right. And it's like, what? Right. We never heard that before. Right. Like these athletes being like, I don't want to go pro even though I'd be, Angel Reese is a potential top pick. She's right. a double-double machine. She's a monster. She's going to be great. Like she, she's a little Asia Wilson. Right. And so you got, you got people like that. You got the top quarterback in the class. He's going to be, he's gonna be a, a very good NFL quarterback most likely. And they're like, I don't want to go because right. of the money and the NIL. And it's just been incredible to watch. Um, but once again, I mean, the change that it's, it's brought to the women's game has been exhilarating, exciting. Yep. Um, I'm so excited to see where it goes. Once again, a dad of two daughters who both enjoy basketball. It's, it's just, it's, I'm, in, I'm in it more. I'm, I'm following it more. I've always been a girls basketball fan. And, and uh, I grew up around, I went to Oregon City High School growing up, which was the top girls basketball program in the country. I went, uh, my junior year, we had eight division one commits one of them didn't even play her senior year because she wasn't going to get burned and she went to idaho state she skipped her senior year hung out with her friends went to idaho state to play to to play basketball loaded had a mcdonald's all-american so those girls were always coming to us and we we had a good good guys team they were like we want to run with you guys open gym when we do an open gym with you guys we want to play with and against you guys those girls knew it back then when I was in high school, you know, 20 years ago, um, I was engulfed in, in the girls' basketball culture in that sense. They have the tournament there every year, the end of the Oregon Trail girls' basketball tournament. Um, used to work it and whatnot. But I've always loved girls' basketball, so I'm, I'm extra excited right. to see where it's coming, especially in the state of Idaho in the 10 years, 12 years that I've been here, um, just like night and day. Not yeah. That's how Destiny was. Destiny was the same way. Destiny would try to jump into the runs, need all those girls, all that hoop dreams squad wanted to play against the boys, talk trash to the boys. And the thing that I that was the most impressive to me is uh, don't take it easy on us. Yeah. Like don't like treat us the same way that you would, you know, there don't don't just call a foul, don't like guard me, guard like and that's the I think that what separates the girls that go to college and actually have a like a successful career and, and do damage there is the ones that don't run away from the challenge. Oh, well, you're, no, none of that. Let's yeah. compete. I mean, let's see where I, where I stack up. I've just seen Destiny cook plenty of college guys. So let's end it with that conversation. Let, let's end it with this. And, and I, I'm, I'm gonna give the ladies a little bit of, of advice out there. Take it if you want. You wanna get better, go play with the guys. Yeah. Go to your boys team and be like, 
open gym. Like as soon as the season's over, go run with the guys. Right. I don't care you senior, junior. Like you want to get better, you play against better players, and you got to figure out how to be successful. Right. And and a lot of people don't push themselves that way. Right. Um, but listen, like you see girls like Avery Howe, she wants she wants that smoke. She's right. in there at T three all the time, you know, working out, playing with the guys, cooking dudes. Right. You know, all all this and that. You need to you need to really push this. It's a different level of physicality. It's right. a different level of speed and quickness. And once again, not a knock, just facts. Right. Men are built different than women. Right. We ain't gonna get into all that conversation. But the fact of the matter is that I mean, my pops when I was growing up, he took me to the inner city and he said, "You're gonna run with me and my guys." I said, I'm, yeah. I'm a seventh grader playing against men. I'm like this. I was yeah, I was tripping out the first few times I played. I said, "How am I gonna do this?" Whatever. And then you start to get a feel for it. You feel yourself getting better. You, it elevates your game if you allow it to. There's a certain right. level of mental toughness that it takes to be able to do that because it's an uncomfortable situation right. for a lot of people. That that it's gonna make you mentally tougher as well. Right. You ain't gonna be able to well, do. You gotta it. earn the ball. Hundred. You gotta earn the ball. Yeah, preach that's that. The, that's the hard part that, that a lot of people don't. If it's not, oh, they're not passing me the ball. Okay. Well, what what can you do to get? Can you rebound? Can you get a stop? Uh, um, those types of things where. For me, and that's not even just competing, you know, a higher level or, you know, being a girl playing against a boy or, or a young high school kid playing against college or a pro, earn the ball. If you want it, go defend, go pick up full court, go get every rebound. Every time a shot goes up, crash the glass, box your person out, talk on defense, be that person that to some people, oh, he does everything right, he's always doing what coach telling him, be that guy. I'd rather be the one that's annoying to everybody else and I'm the one playing and getting opportunities than be yeah. the one complaining about what that person's doing. You know, so um, for our girls to, to go compete against the guys and not only that, organize open gyms amongst each other so that there's more open runs for women too. Yeah. Because I see the boys all the time, but it's like, I see the girls, they want to go shoot on the side and then it's half, half speed reps. Okay, you're in the gym, but just because you're here doesn't guarantee you to get better. Yeah. Get into a run, get a group of girls, 10, 15, and start an open gym. If you want to jump into the boys, jump in with the boys. And understand, you know, you got to earn the ball. The same way as if you're the last player on a man's team and you're trying to get opportunities, you got to earn the ball. You know, so um, I think that that's something that could be huge is just them being able to come and compete against each other and, um, and, and, and earning that respect. You know? 100%. I think, I think, like you said, people need to take the initiative, set up runs. Right. Reach out to us. Right. I'll, I'll get you over here in T3. We'll set up a run, get right. some of the top guys, players, girls, players. All that stuff is, 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 is it's accessible. We can do that. I mean, like I said, I was around the top girls basketball program in the country growing up. Like, they were on Cheerios boxes, Wheaties boxes, whatever, Oregon City. Then when I got there, all the D1 commits, them girls were living in the gym with, with us guys. Right. They were like, when you go, we want, we want to be there. And don't take it easy on us, like you said, which I want to touch on this. Very important thing. And it's a great point you made, like two points. The first point is go get the ball. Go make a stop. Go do, when you get to college, you going in looked at the same way. You not, right. you, ain't no freshman coming in being like, let's get them the ball. Right. You got to come in open gyms. You got to come in a workouts. You got to be different. You got to show you're different. You got to extra effort. You know, get stops. Do, do the small things. Then, you, then that respect starts to, you know, you lay that foundation then, you, then that's how you see it. It's the same way when the girls play with the guys. It's going to get you ready for college ball. Right. I mean, and so that, that was a great point. The other point was that when girls 
play with the guys, it, I'm, I, I guess it falls into what we just said. It, you're not just going to get the respect. It's not going to be there. It, it needs to be, it needs to be an extra effort. There was another point you made that I'm trying to remember that was super valid. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting it uh, right now, but uh, I do want to talk about your fit. What, what, what you got going here? This is the Joe Mapoyo Meridian High School. This is his Division One team that he went yes, to. Yes, sir. This is his shirt. I, uh, he had an NIL deal, getting shirts done. So I, I, I trained him for my first, like, one of his older brothers, a good friend of mine. And then I trained him and his sister, Mary, who was also a Division One player at Texas Southern. Um, she went to JUCO, then went to Texas Southern. Um, but Joe came back, and he, uh, he worked out with me. Um, one summer, he worked with me in high school for a summer, and then he worked out with me for a summer when he was getting ready to go from his, he was going back to his JUCO. And he went from 10 points a game to, I think, 18 points a game, was an All-American, um, MVP of a tournament, career high 39, um, and then signed Division One on a full-ride scholarship. So Shout out um, Joe Mpoyo. Yeah, Joe Mpoyo, my that, boy. That so. state championship team with mm-hmm. Brody Roberry, who is his boy, best yep. friend. They're at the he's, same school, he's too. There too. Yep. He got the NIL stuff going on, too. Uh, I, sh- shout out to my girl, who I haven't mentioned yet, Maddie Simmons, state champ last year, Coach Nicole Simmons out there at Coeur d'Alene. Um, she's at Wyoming getting some burn, mm-hmm. hooping out there at Wyoming. She's going to uh, play against her girl, Tegan Colvin, next year because yep. they're in the same conference. Yep. I want to give a shout out to Lauren McCall at University of San yep. Diego. Yep. Um, Audrey Taylor at Northern yeah. Arizona. Yeah, she's Sophie, a baller. She Sophie worked. Glan- she played against the boys. Audrey yeah. Taylor. Audrey. Audrey was always hooping against the guy. Sophie Glancy, her Timberline teammate. They were mm-hmm. state champs together at Timberline a few years ago. She's at Northern Arizona. And shout out Andy Jones. Andy Jones. Middleton legend. Caldwell legend. Yep. State champs at every single school he's been at. Timberline now. Yep. Um, and a dude that he was my math teacher when I was in high school, but just. He's a basketball junkie, always watching film, and he has one of those personalities where you got to get to know him to understand him. If you see him from afar, you may not like him, but once you meet him and see his philosophies and how he coaches, he doesn't sugarcoat nothing. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's turned programs around. He takes on new challenges from going from school to school. Um, and man, what a great, what a great dude. Yes, it's a couple state championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 they're going to be tough next couple years because Swilly's coming. Mm-hmm. Emmy Swilly's a, a and sophomore. my girl Lexi Moore is there too. Yeah, Lexi Moore. Mm-hmm. They're they're always tough. They're and then they got Mertes mm-hmm. this year. So who knows? They got right. players that can pop. They could be tough. Well, but each team, each team has. Um, has some some people with potential. I know Boris Young Core and Coach Ebb and, and Sham and them over there they do a great job of developing a program. Not just not just varsity, a program. And I think that's one thing that I really hope that as a whole that the SIC and all of Idaho can understand is that you don't just develop your varsity players, you develop your freshmen and sophomores and your JV team. And that is what feeds into your program. Now, with everybody transferring and this, you know, the grass is always greener, they think they can just leave a bad situation. How about develop? How about the coaches develop? Don't just get talent and then try to win with that. Develop these players. That's something like Diamond Lane does a great job of. One day I seen him in the gym at Salvation Army, and he was training a bunch of young girls. And I'm like, dang, well, how, how, how do you do it? And he's like, this is the best part. This is the true development. Yeah. Look at these girls put work in two years from now. Look at these girls, and they build up. And I see the girl that he has, the little freshman girl that's killing that boy right now. Mm-hmm. Great footwork, mature, poised. And, you know, we need more of that. Meta Hoops does it with their development of their young program. Yeah. Don't just rely on the clubs. The high school's got to take accountability for it. Develop your yeah. programs. Not every kid is fortunate to play club. Not every kid makes the club team. 
They make the high school team. You can't cut. You got Title IX. You can't cut. So develop these players that you have. Don't just give up on them. Yeah. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to worry about the varsity. Then the JV's bad and the, and the sophomore bad. And then you have nothing to look forward to. Then you resign. Yeah. No, develop your program. And if you take a shot at that, if the shoe fits, wear Because development is huge. Facts. Seen a lot of that, though, since I've been out here. Um, when, I, when I coached at Eagle, when I got o over to Eagle, and this is not a shot at anybody. It was uh, the varsity coach was, I got the varsity program. I'm going to let the JV coach run his stuff at the JV program and do what he needs to do. The sophomore coach can do what he needs to do. And then I was, my first year, was the freshman coach at Eagle. He goes, and then you do whatever you feel is good with this group. I'm like, that, that's not how it's supposed to be done. Mm -mm. You implement your stuff. You, you're involved from bottom all the way to the top. Yep. And that's what I was used to. I, yep. That's what I played for the winningest coach in Oregon high school boys basketball history. And that's what he did. Right. And then I played in my first two years, I played for the second winningest coach in Oregon high school basketball history before I transferred and played for the, t and, and man, I'm telling you, if you don't do it that way, it's going to be a short stint. Right. The problem here in Idaho is that a lot of these guys have no leash. Right. It's like it, you, you teach at the school, it don't matter how you do or how you run the program, how many wins you have, how, how many losses, what's best for the kids. As long as we have somebody in place and it's stable right. and, and it functions, we're okay. That is such a disservice to the, the, the athletes, the yeah. players, right. the state, the kids. Right. But a lot of these schools, and listen, we'll get into this when we talk about a Waihee boys basketball down the road in one of our next episodes. A lot of these schools are upset with the Waihee because ultimately their administration do doesn't have an understanding of what it looks like and what it takes. Not just coaches, administrations. The Hawaii administration over there, they understand what it, take, what it takes. Let's go, and I'm not going to get too into it, but let's go put these people in place who are going to develop a program. Right. They understand bottom to top. It's right. all the way through. And they, they implement the club scene because they can. Right. Like there's ways to do that without breaking rules. Right. And people don't like it because it's forcing them to do more work. Right. And so we see that. And like you said, you see Meta, you see Tree of Hope, you see Diamond Lane. Right. You see these people who are developing from... Right now, my first grade daughter is playing on a third grade Meta Hoops team. And they're playing on 10-foot hoops, which is a little overwhelming. But they're developing these girls. And they're playing that, up, not down. And they're playing up. They're playing up, playing not up, down. Exactly, against older girls. Where, where you got to figure it out. Throw them right. in the fire. You know, some girls are like, I don't like this, can't do it. Right. Some girls are like, I'm going to go home and dribble after the game. I'm right. going to go shoot. Dad, take me to the park out here and teach me how to shoot on a 10-foot hoop. Right. And, and they develop them. And they develop them. And they have two practices a week. Right. And they've got former Division I players coaching and right. Emily Harden and Matt Boucher and right. Mark Sanchez and right. putting people in place who love the game, who are going to pour that into the kids and develop them all the way up. And that's why Meta Hoops is, is the cream of the crop out here. Right. And so agree with you totally. I think that's a whole nother episode, program yeah. development and all that. Right. But this has been a great talk on, yeah. on girls basketball. Um, yeah. So much more we could talk about uh, trying to keep these episodes as, as short as possible. But dude, appreciate you, your knowledge, your wisdom. Of course, um, of course. Hit, hit him up. Hit us up. We are accessible via DMs. We like to communicate and build relationships. And if you want to get girls, if you want to get in and you want to run with the guys, let us know. Yep, we want to help how we can improve, you, improve your game, improve the game. And so um, that's what we're about. Right. And, so, we, have, and we have resources too to help with more than just 
organizing open gyms, from training, from weightlifting, all of those things. There's plenty of people we know. I mean, that's something that I do. Um, and again, no shot at any program in particular. Now, if you feel offended, then probably that message is for you. But there is schools. I know Eagle. My wife coaches at Eagle. She's a former player, shooting guard, Division One at Weber State. Um, and their program that is from the bottom up that builds. Coach Monroe does a great job. Um, and not just him, but, you know, Boise is the same thing with their program. And you could tell the teams that are good, and you could tell the programs that are good by the success of each team, not just the varsity team. Agreed. And that's no, no shot at anybody. But, you know, obviously if you feel some type of way, then maybe it is a shot at you. But yeah. uh, we no, we're not here to please everybody. We're here to keep it real. Keep it real. And, and I, will, I will finish and segue that. A Waihee boys JV just beat Columbia boys varsity this morning in a tournament by 30. Sheesh. You've got a, a, a Columbia team that has been one of the top 4A teams maybe the last couple years. Maybe yeah. not last year, but with you know, some guys the last couple years. And you've got a Waihee's JV team beating them by 30. Right. Like that's, that's top to bottom. That's yeah. what, and, and people hate that. I, and everybody's out, out there in the community. Uh, EBC sweating a white sweating a white. No, no, we're gonna have that conversation. Right. I'll put everybody in, in in their place. But shout out to the ladies, man. Yeah. We're gonna end in a quick prayer. We didn't do it last episode. That's on me because yeah. our faith is what's most important to us. Right. And we use the game of basketball to touch lives as best we right. can for the Lord yeah. and for eternity. So you want to end us? You want me to end us? You got. It. I got, you, got you. you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to spend time together talking about something we love and and we're passionate about. We pray that you just continue to uplift uh, women's basketball from top to bottom all the way through and let it be a platform for people to, you know, reach their goals and have experiences and learn valuable life lessons and build relationships, which is what life is about, is, is about building relationships and, uh, and changing lives for the better. So we appreciate you giving us this opportunity to have this platform and continue to work through us to touch lives in a positive way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you, boy. Love you too, brother. Let's do it again. Episode three. Let's go.